0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome in. This is LOTL, and this is episode 111. And on tonight's episode, we welcome in Rufus Jones. Been on the show before, but uh, tonight we are talking about a much different topic than any other episode we've ever talked about. Um, we are talking about the senseless uh, killing of George Floyd, as well as the protests uh, in Cleveland in the uh, weekend following. Uh, Rufus also gets into his own life and his own experiences. Uh, dealing with uh, profiling and uh, racism in his life, and uh, you know, we get into uh, us at LOTL uh, being four non-black members of the podcast. How we can learn more about this issue? How we can help? How we can um, be uh, a voice and help in this in this uh, in this issue that's been plaguing our nation? Um, so we talk about that with Rufus, and uh, here we go. <laughs> Welcome to Living Off the Land, the all things Cleveland podcast, with your hosts, Jordan, Jimmy, and Dan. Follow us on social media, at the L-O-T-L podcast. Okay, hey guys, uh, normally... I am cracking open a beer, and we are going around the room talking about the beer of the week in a very jovial uh, mood. Um, you know, just having fun. But uh, with what's going on in the world uh, right now, over the past week or so, um, us as a podcast felt the need to kind of take a step back and uh, do a little bit of a different show this week. And uh, we bring our good friend Rufus Jones on. He's been on the show before uh, of Big Jewel Green. And uh, um, to get kind of his perspective uh, as to what's going on, with, uh, you know, with the murder of uh, George Floyd, and then um, you know the, the the subsequent protests that are going on right now uh, throughout the country. So, um, first, what we wanted to do, just uh, as a podcast, we wanted to put out a statement um, to talk about it and show our support for uh the black lives matter movement and uh for that i'll uh give it over
1: to jordan to uh read our statement all right uh this is our official statement um first and foremost we as a group want to express our sadness and anger over the brutal death of george floyd who was killed by police in Minneapolis recently. We also want to express our frustration with many with the many other deaths of unarmed black civilians who have been killed by the police, including 12-year-old Cle- Clevelander Tamir Rice in 2014, and many others across, this, across our nation. Bigotry, racism, and prejudice are sadly ingrained in this nation, and these evils need to change as they affect black Americans disproportionately. We fully support the black community in Cleveland and all over during this time of grief. Living living Off the Land fully recognizes that as a podcast of four men who are not black, we do not fully understand what what the black community is feeling or lives through on a daily basis. Our hearts and our ears are open. We want to listen and learn so we can support real change so we can help eradicate racism in all its forms. Living Off the Land believes that black lives matter okay um so
0: uh like i said we have our friend rufus on uh tonight uh also as always uh we have our normal uh cast of characters uh myself dan jimmy jordan and ryan um that makes up the lotl uh, cast tonight um so rufus we appreciate you coming on again um obviously we you know hope that it would be under better circumstances <laughs> circumstances but you know hopefully this could be a uh, for i know speaking for myself a really good learning experience for me um and uh you know hopefully you know maybe therapeutic for you in a way um, because i know you're going through a lot right now and and um and uh you know i just kind of want to learn learn as much as i can about you know what's going on like through your eyes well i
2: appreciate that a ton um it's been it's been tough um i i it's 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 hard to accurately really really put it and just assess what what in the world is happening it's just it, it it's tough um i found out about george floyd um I was on vacation last week from rural Beach. It's a yearly thing that me and the family has has done. I started with my parents um now I've done it now that I'm a dad I do it with my family and it was weird um we were pulling in to a parking lot for a shop uh for a beach shop. We were getting um some boogie boards for my niece uh, who was also with us and I was pulling in, and I saw uh, two police officers were just questioning these two young guys at a car. It didn't seem like anything of it. Nothing big. Nothing. Nothing too crazy. And Rachel, who is white, by the way, so yeah, we're a, we're a mixed couple. Um, she says, "Hey, hey, hon, uh, let's not park there. Let's park as far away from there as, as possible." I'm like, "Huh." What? Um. Okay. Sure. And we did, and I, I, I did, and we went in the store, went out the store, and I was like, I was like, why did you ask me to to park away from that? Like there there was nothing going on. They just questioned them, and they left or something. They were talking. She's like, well, I didn't want to tell you this, but another police brutality incident happened, and then she showed me the news about George Floyd. And video, and I, I <laughs> lost it. I lost it. Um, I still get emotional thinking about it. Um, I lost it. I, I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Like I, I just, I'm like, here we go again. And, man, you've known me a long time. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. You know, I'm I'm unvarnished about what I say. I'm unfiltered, not in a necessarily bad way where I want to hurt people, but sure, I I bring <clears> it. <throat> I say it like it is. I tell it like it Absolutely. is. Absolutely. I've always been that way. Sports, life, my shortcomings as a person, anything. And normally, I have the. Ah, here we go again. All right, time to have outrage. Time to stand up. Time to, you know, pull up your proverbial boots or whatever. Not this time. Not this time. This time, I was just tired. I was just tired. Um, like I said, you this can be an open book. Y'all can ask me whatever. I don't. I don't mm-hmm. care. I'll give you the truth. Um, sure. <laughs> but whatever. Uh- I, I have I have four kids. My oldest is twelve, uh, Rufus, Rufus the fifth. Well is ten, Hannah's five, and Caden's one. My older two kids have had to face uh, racist acts already in their lifetime. And the only thing I think about in that moment when I read or when she showed me about George Floyd was here I go again. I get to tell my kids, explain to my kids why this stuff happens. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. Because the, the there's a lot of blessings in being in a mixed in a mixed marriage, a mixed couple. But there's a lot of stuff tough stuff that comes with it. Because for a lot of mixed kids, it's easy for them to not feel like they belong to anybody. Sure. Um, you got if you go with the historical context of just, and I'll use the historical term, mulatto children, um, in our history, in, in our American history,
3: of time, like uh, and
2: uh, as that the black person, you know, during, <laughs> the Crow, during the Red Scar era, so we're era. So, destruction is how it was. But the problem is, over time, um, kids that were of mixed descent um, started to find that they weren't quote-unquote black enough to be with black kids, and then they weren't white enough to be with white kids. And so mixed kids are in this constant limbo of culture trying to figure out where they belong, where they're at, all of that fun stuff. And my, my kids have had to live that a little bit. Not too much, but a little bit. Um, and I've had to have these conversations with them before, and I knew I was going to have to do it again. And before I've had these conversations with determination, with anger, with, you know, we're gonna we're gonna stand, we're gonna overcome this. This time it was apathy. Sure. It was sadness. It was depression. It was Why 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 in the Hades am I talking about this again? What's the point? Are people gonna actually give a crap? Right. You know, like like if if Tamir Rice wasn't mm-hmm. enough for you, what is? Mm-hmm. If Ahmed Arbery is not mm-hmm. enough for you, what is <laughs> you know, like if Terrence Ferguson's not enough for you, what is? Uh, uh, all name them all. If they're not enough for you, what is? And so my initial reaction was just, and it's been constant, has been one of apathy, sadness, helplessness, depression, all of that. It's just that's just that's how it's been for me, and I'm starting to get out of that a little bit, but i this this one this one messed me up, man. I wish I could I wish you guys could have a guest that was, you know, really, really, really like fire and brimstone. <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not right now. No man,
0: like this is real. Like like you've been saying, like this has happened so many times. Like you're just like like feel like beaten down at this point. Like this is real. Like, you know. That's
1: yeah. Rufus, I I have a question. Do you yeah. do you see Anything different this summer, this the last week or two, do you see any positive difference, or do you think it is the same? because and I ask because from my perspective, I see a lot of friends I have uh, who I know didn't I'll just be blunt didn't give a crap about previous shootings. I, I I know people to this day who defend the cops who killed tamir rice and and that bothers me a lot. I do see for some reason, this is my perspective i see something different i know it's just social media but that that's what i've seen i'm curious your thoughts on that do you think that's accurate or do you think that maybe some of this stuff is just a lot of hearsay and a lot of chit chat on social media
2: i'm really really glad you asked that actually really super glad you asked that um as i was driving home I have two friends and Danny, you know, Mikey and Britton. Yeah. Um absolutely. Ever since I moved ever since I moved um from Kentucky. I mean, we've had a text chain going literally for like seven years now. But um, uh it's been really important for us ever since we've we ever since I've moved down here. Like those guys have been my dudes literally for yeah almost twenty-something years now. And and Mikey was just like, and I'll, I'll clean up. <laughs> <laughs> but Mikey was just like, Rufus, does it really matter? Like, everybody sounds like they're outraged, but do you really, does it really feel that way? Does it really feel that way to you? He's like, yeah. it doesn't matter how I feel. He's like, how does it feel to you? And I was like, man, I wrestled with this a lot because I saw the Blackout Tuesday thing, which touched me deeply. Um, Because, dude, like you were saying, in the past, apathy from people. This time, I do notice a change. Um, I do. Here's how. First off, like you said, people that were, I don't want to say racist sympathizers. That's a strong term. Even though racism is kind of a line where you're either you know you're you're either with us or right. against us, there's no in between, honestly. And we've all played the gray line with that. We can't anymore, obviously. But there are some that would be like, "Well, this is bad as has happened," but it would follow, It'll always follow with a but or a conjunction or something. That is not that is not as much the case. I have had more people call and text me. And check on me than any other thing ever. So, do I see that? Yes. And then, you know, I was talking and like I said in this text chain, written was just like, "Well, dude, look at it. We've got nothing to distract us right now. We don't have sports. We've got literally nothing. Yeah. That <laughs> we have to focus on this. There's nothing that's going to distract us from. It. We have to focus on this. And so." In the totality, and yeah, this is just social media. Do I see it getting better? Yeah. Do I see more people outraged than ever? Yeah. Do I see more people that don't look like me outraged more than ever? Heck yes. That is super encouraging. Yeah, is it just, is it, could it go away and dissipate in a month? Of course it can. But you know what? I'm taking anything that I can get right now. I can't, I'm taking whatever I can get. I'm taking any little victories because you know what? It just it feels like it's felt like a losing battle for so long. I'll take any victory I can get. And um, Britain Britain handed out the amazing line. He's like, well, up in Cleveland, I have to be encouraged because up in Cleveland, I've seen. I've, this is the first time I've seen this many white people upset about one thing. This decision. Oh, so. oh my god!
0: <laughs> <laughs> See, of course, Britain had to take it back to something with the Cavs. Uh, so, um, but I
2: mean, but but yeah, it's um, I have seen it, and that's that's encouraging to me.
0: That's encouraging. I mean, you know, you talk about it from seeing. Uh, uh you know people who are are not black being more outraged than than ever before i'll just tell you my experience and uh kind of, I, i've been doing even since last night we had a we had a pre-show meeting where we were kind of talking about everything that happened and our feelings towards it and i'm going to be honest when um I, i'm just talking about the protests when I saw on social media downtown Cleveland getting completely busted up, like I, I got angry because, like, for me, I didn't like seeing that happen in my city. Now, honestly, today, after we had that discussion last night, I've done so much self-reflection, and I'm like thinking to myself, "What do I have to be mad about?" Like, I have no idea the pain and the hurt that those people down there at the protest are going through that would make them feel so much anger to want to toss a brick into a glass window. Like I, I don't have anywhere to like, begin to fathom like, what goes on that somebody would feel like they have no other course of action than to just you know, for lack of a better word, make a statement by destroying something. And like, so it just, it made me just sad for everything because, because for me, and I don't want to like turn this into like the, the destruction part of Cleveland and everything, but I do still feel for like those business owners downtown that had not, that had nothing to do with this. And like, I, I hear the story about colossal cupcakes Where the owner, who's a woman, and had, I'm pretty sure all women employees in there, had to barricade themselves in the back room because their store was getting destroyed and and looted. And I know that that was probably like 3% of the protesters that were down in Cleveland. And I wasn't down there. So again, I can't judge. Um, But from everything I've heard, you know, 95% of all the protesters were completely peaceful the entire time. So I I caught myself just in my thinking, like, man, what am I, what am I doing? Like, why, why am I thinking this way? So like, I, I've almost like done a complete 180, even since like Saturday night, when thinking about like, uh, you know, just what happened and. And what, what about the situation upset me? Because originally it was, it almost felt like like the same old thing. And then when I actually like stopped and think about it, think about it, I'm like, man, I have no idea what um, what these people downtown have been that that were at the protests have been through.
2: That's fair though. I don't see this, and that's the thing. I don't fault you for feeling that way, because you know I love the city of Cleveland. I'm not there anymore, but I love the city yeah. of Cleveland. It's I don't want to see, it. I don't see right. it destroyed. Yeah, I don't like to see it get. I don't like to see it get crapped on on ESPN. Like, forget, <laughs> right. you know, forget, forget people looting and just, I don't like when people crap on ESPN. That gets me mad. Right. So that is that. I think that's fair. Here's where I here's where I draw the line is it is okay to be upset about people burning the place down, wreaking hell everywhere. That is okay to be upset about. But if you are not as equally outraged by an innocent man dying by people that are to protect and serve, that's an issue. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I, like I said, here's why people, here's why those folks protested. I can yeah. tell you, they did it because for generations they have felt unheard. Here's the part, now here's the part where it gets tough. Because I love Cleveland. I Met my wife there. I had three of my kids there. Here's where it gets tough. While we can be honest about everything that's wonderful about the city of Cleveland, we have to be honest about its shortcomings. Sure. Absolutely. And Cleveland has a humongous history of segregation. It's huge. You can, Dude, you can see it now. It's not as bad as it was. It's getting better. But you can see it now. You've got, you've got your places where white folks live. You've got your places where, you know people of mexican descent live you got some places where black folks live And they, yeah. there's not a whole lot of you know, mingling up there sure. we're, we're just being honest real talk yeah and and <laughs> there's a history there and what's worse is there is a history of issues with law enforcement and cleveland there are ducks it's, oh right, it's yeah. there it's there um And here's the problem, dude. When it comes to this, when you're dealing with the folks that are of my descent, black, you know black folks that may have been involving themselves in this, I don't condone it, obviously. But here's what they're thinking. I'll, I can kind of take you into the mind of what they're thinking. For years, nobody has listened to us. We tried to do it the right way. We tried to be peaceful about it. And we tried the peaceful part of it people hated us when we tried to deal do the flag part of it you know we were called sons of you know what's by our commander in chief
4: yeah yeah
2: when we tried to discuss this with you you dismissed us when we tried to have honest conversations you said it's not a big deal and you gave us petty statistics like black on black crime and all that fun stuff yep and So, what you're seeing is not just this generation, dude. Dude, this goes back many generations, centuries. You're talking 100, 150 years of people dealing with this crap. And the thing is, you've got to understand, in American history, in American history, um, for the longest time, especially in the Civil Rights Movement, law enforcement was the right-hand man of segregation. Mm-hmm. I'm not, and like yeah. I said, I'm not saying I hate cops. I'm not saying that. Re- Respectfully, I have friends that are police officers. I have relatives sure. that are. I'm not sure. saying that, but we're if we're going to have this conversation, we've got to be honest. <laughs> and in American history, law enforcement was the right was was the right hand was the right arm when it came to segregation. You've seen the pictures, dude. Of yeah. People getting hosed down during peaceful protests. People getting arrested in sit-ins. People having and I and I was and I, and I'm sure you guys have seen this I was highly bothered by the going back to riot dogs uh, yeah. concessions that was said by 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 our president because the connotations of that are egregious because there are many pictures of black and white folks doing these peaceful protests in the 60s and having riot dogs just let loose. And, you know, like I said, like police officers were the right, were the enforced segregation. And so all these folks have been telling their kids is that police has has what police, all police did to me was tell me I can't go where white folks ate. I can't drink from the same water fountain white folks drink at. That's all they've seen. And they pass that down to their kids. And they pass that down to their kids. And they pass that down to their kids. And finally, 100 years later, you've got pin-up anger that nobody wants to listen no more. People are tired of not being heard. And the only way I'm going to get hurt is if I break something. Yeah. And it's not okay. Right. But that's the, that's the mindset. You've got to understand... That's the mindset. When I've been told my entire life, when I've been told my entire life, that's what police do to me, and I can't see evidence that's different from that. Right. This is what you're dealing with. That's why yeah. you see rioters. That's why you see that happen. Now, some of it's started by some fascist groups, but I'm just, I'm not, I'm not worried about them. I'm talking about the folks sure. that look sure. like me. Right. That's why I do
0: yeah and i think i think that's where i definitely turned my thinking is because i mean i'm completely ignorant to all the things that that you just said like i i i needed to stop looking at it through like my lens of my life like I, it's just it's not it's not something that i understand like the whole segregation aspect of it and you know going back generations upon generations and growing up and you know seeing this happen and then uh you know being told that this stuff happened and then growing up and it still continue happening like i don't i don't understand that so that's why like my thinking was originally and that's why after i've i've read different things i've talked to certain people you know talking to you now like It's completely changed my thinking on it.
2: But the thing is, though, we have to realize, well, all of us, especially us black folks, have to realize we have tons of examples of folks that went about it the right way. Absolutely. That were brave in the face of those sort of trials. We have to realize that those folks are the standard. Yeah. And we can't deviate from that standard, which is why I wish I was up there in Cleveland when all this happened. I would have been down there, and my my big thing is, and I've done intercity ministry before, so mm-hmm. I I don't I have no problems walking up to total strangers and talking to them. Right, but like I would have like I would have found the the, the young kids that were trying to get out that spray that spray paint, the young kids that were wanting to get that brick smashing. I wanted to stop them, I wanted to talk to them, and I was like, "Look, I get it. I know why you're mad. I was you I was I grew up in the inner city now, I had amazing parents, but I grew up in the inner city. I know what it's like. I've been there, but I'm telling you what you smashing you smashing that window isn't going to help our cause. yeah, you smashing that car isn't going to help our cause. you want every you want those folks to you want to feed those guys a stereotype? That's what that does.
3: I yeah. get it. be mad
2: Be p- action. yeah, and I
0: think for me I just come to the conclusion where you know I've, I've seen I've seen a lot of the videos that you're talking about uh, even UFC fighter John Jones was taking spray spray can bottles away from uh, spray paint cans away from kids and hold on um, you know doing stuff like that. One sec- and, You know, it it changed my thinking. Like, I can't be I can't like be mad at somebody who's that mad to be able to do something like that. Um Mm -hmm. so yeah, I mean I'm I'm reminded of like like what you were saying, I'm reminded of a one video I saw where uh, there was a thirty year old there was a thirty year old man, a forty five year old man who were arguing. The forty five year old man said, Man, you know, excuse my language, he's like, Man, I can't take this shit no more, like and the 31 year old is like, I'm just as mad as you are. But he's like, look at look at this, and he brings this 15, 16 year old kid in, and he's like, he's 16. Is trying to trying to explain to him that there's a better way, and it was just so powerful to me to see like the three different stages, and you know, just having somebody having somebody that's so is. upset that they don't know what else to do, and then you know having somebody try because he sees the younger generation and he's trying to be better even when he's continually yep. treated like crap it it was honestly that the the 31 year old guy that was trying to keep everything together was incredibly inspirational to me to see him like i mean you could you could hear and feel how upset he was and how how probably deep down in his soul he probably wanted to you know mess something up but he saw this young kid and Just you know, wants better for him, and that was incredibly powerful Mm -hmm.
2: for me. You know, yeah, and and then and that's that's the reality that we that's the reality we have to have. That's the standard. That's the standard that we have to have. If we don't have that, if we don't have that standard, um, we we you know uh, we become what we hate. If that's the standard of us black men have, then we become what we hate. But. I'm, but at the same time, I'm in the same boat. I'm so mad. I'm so depressed. I'm so sad. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do.
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't know what to do. I know I can't break a car window. That ain't going to work yeah. for me. I know that. But at the same time, I don't know what to do. I would tell that kid, this ain't the way. I would also sympathize and
5: say, I don't know what exactly. the way is. But I know this ain't it, Chief. Well, I think that right there, what you just said, is an, an interesting and important point. This is... There's about a million different facets to this thing. It's an, it's incredibly complex. And I think one thing that's maybe often overlooked by folks uh, from the outside of it is black people don't think and move all in one identical group. There's no one single train of thought. Like there's different folks who think and feel different ways because of what they've experienced and how they were, you know, raised, whether, you know, in homes or churches or like you mentioned, you know, growing up in an inner city situation, there's, there's so many variables. And I guess, you know, I've been sitting here kind of quiet, just really reflecting on, on a lot of this. And one of my initial thoughts um, when I was hearing and seeing a lot of folks focusing more on the destruction and the riot aspect of all of this is it felt like more people were upset about the property damage than the loss of life and the systemic Racism and, and, and issues with the American, you know, police and justice systems, and that 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 was just where my my I guess my my brain and my heart initially went to, and so I, I don't know, I I don't know. I'm, frankly, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I just I guess honestly, just I don't know how to take the next step that's i guess that's what i'm what i what i constantly get hung up on is i'm hearing what you're saying and i'm feeling you know as much as i can trying to feel what you're feeling like how how do we get folks to try to work together when some people do want to put their you know a brick through a window or do want to burn a cop car when other folks are trying to to stop that behavior it's just yeah
2: the next step the next step is everybody in this window, in this window here, of, in this picture, that doesn't look like me, has to be mad. Yeah. That's right. the next step. Like, yeah. and that is, because what, what happens, what happens, when, when, when that happens, what, what black folks observe is, wow, we're not alone. Wow, yeah. we're not isolated they get it they're, they're, they they or they're trying at least they're trying to get it they're getting it and once that happens then then black folks will, will feel like they have they have people to listen to they have an alternative of getting somebody's attention besides breaking something that's what has yeah. to happen because right but black folks black folks that are rioting they do it because they feel alone they feel yeah. like they, they feel alone that's why they do it. Feel alone, they feel unheard mostly they and it it doesn't matter if I it doesn't matter if I get up on a podium and say this stuff. I mean it does I guess, but but it it, it it's just like oh yeah, of course you're gonna be mad about it. This affects you. Uh well what about the guys that it doesn't affect? You know what about them? Does that does that make it better? Uh, and it, and if it does, you know, if, if if black folks see, oh, these guys, this systemic stuff doesn't affect them. The
3: wow.
2: feeling that I had throughout my artery and that I had throughout uh, this, so I'm alone, which is terrible. Which is terrible. Uh I try not to get emotional which is really terrible for me to say because I'm not, you know, like like I've got you know, I've got a wife and she's white and she came from the suburbs and she you can hear everybody that they're coming in for <laughs> but um, she, came, she came from the suburbs and she didn't deal with systemic racism but yet my white wife is worried about my life yeah I'm not alone I'm not alone but, but I felt it and how I treat, and how, how I would have fits of anger and fits of rage towards people, it's, you know, I'm not going to say I was personal, this wasn't, but, you know, I, I wasn't, and I've got to understand that, and black folks have to be willing to accept folks that want to help. We can't, my, oh gosh, guys, I'm letting you guys behind the curtain a lot. Um, <laughs> I have a group of black. I have a group. I have a group of black friends that I go way back with from uh, middle school. And a frequent thing that a lot of black talk about is "quote unquote" colonization. Yeah. Um, you know where it's like, all right, screw this. We only support black businesses. We only support this and that. Let's just colonize. Forget these folks. Get everybody that doesn't look like like us. And I have have issues with that. I, I, I do. Because my answer to that is we have to be willing to embrace the folks that are just as mad about this as we are. And we need them to be mad about this. When has us being mad about this for four hundred years ever mattered? <laughs> and I'm not. And, and I, I know that sounds sad to say, but it hasn't. Because if it did, it would have stopped all this.
1: It's real.
2: Has it hasn't mattered? It hasn't stopped. George Floyd happened. I'm at Arbery happened. Guys, I'll I'll give I'll I'll open up more for you. The Ahmed at Arbery tore me tore me up because, um. When I lived up in Cleveland, about seven, years, oh, seven, eight years I was going out for a jog in Parma. I was living in Parma, I was going out for a jog. Um, and these guys, these white guys in a car, literally ran off the road, ran on the sidewalk that I was running in, tried to run me down. Thank God I was kind of fast, and I dived out of the way, and I pulled my hamstring. But that happened. I was too shocked and astonished to get their license plate. But it happened to me. I went home, and my wife was like, why are you limping? I'm like, well, I dodged a car. that tried to run me down. While I was So, when that happened to that dude, that touched me, man. That, that effed me up. Because I'm just like, those two guys, I'm an artist. That could have been me. Like, that could have been me. Like, that... that- that could have been me. And I've dealt with racial profiling. I have. I've dealt with it. I've lived it. I've dealt with it in Cleveland, y'all. Yeah. I've lived it. I've, de- I've dealt with it. And you know me. I don't like to throw out those stones. I don't like to throw stones like that. But it's happened. I've dealt with it. My wife has seen it. She was a witness to it. When um, I don't want to go too far into it because I don't want to bash. I don't want to bash a all- lot. But I have to be real here. Yeah. Um, About... Uh, about nine years ago, about nine years ago, I was living in. I was, li- I was. I was living up there in Cleveland, and it was nighttime, and um, I my car. There's a price. There's a place where I could park my car, and um, there's like a sort of a barrier, and it was two inches. It was two inches, like two inches into the barrier, whatever. It is. I was trying to park it legally, but I foresight on my part. I was probably tired and it was late night or whatever, so I had my nieces over had my kids my wife had people over, and I noticed the these uh, police officers were kind of looking up and down my car, and I was like, "What in the world are they doing that for i i mean i don't I don't know they were just... It's cur- it's, when cops are snooping around your car, it's kind of weird. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. I made the really asinine, dumb decision of going out there and saying, hey, sir. And he was like, hey, is this your car? And I was like, yeah. Uh, that's, um, everything's up to date. License, everything, you know, is up to date. That's license and i gave that to him which whatever i didn't really have to but uh, i'm going to mm-hmm. be compliant and i did and they um after they got that they proceeded to call backup and i didn't know why i had no idea what was going on and my and next thing i know the cop says uh you have a suspend you have a sus- uh, suspension or something. You have an unpaid parking ticket or something. But we have to take you in right now. And before I knew it, dude was literally cuffing me. And I'm like, what? 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 Huh? Like, all this is happening so fast. My wife is inside. Seeing I didn't come back, pops outside, sees three cop cars and her husband getting cuffed. <laughs> and she's Freaking the frick out, like losing her, you know, losing it, and she's like, "What is going on? What did you do it in my husband? Why? What?" And losing, and I'm like, "I'm like, darling, just go inside, stop, because I know, I know how this goes. I, I know how this goes, because one false step, and I'm George Floyd. Yeah, one false step." And I'm Trayvon Martin. One false step, and I'm T- Terrence Ferguson. And I don't want my wife to see that. I don't want my kids to see that. And I was like, "Honey, go inside. You just—you've got to go inside." I—I I love just going, losing her mind, and the police officers starting to grab me harder. And he's like, "You need to call." And I'm just like, "Honey, please, just go inside." Like I've got—I'm cuffed. Martin's behind my back. Yeah. And so he takes me in the, in the, in the, in the, in the cop takes me there and he puts me in and he's expecting me to lose my mind, raise a, raise a fracas and what? I'm like, he's just like, you're not going to kick the window in Army And I'm just like, why, sir? Why am I doing that? Like, what, what's that going to get me? You have three, you have three, you literally have backup upon backup here. What is it going to do for me to kick out of anything? Like why would I do that? I'm not I, I don't have a criminal record at all. Like I've never been arrested for anything. I've never broken the law except for speeding tickets. Like, and he's like, Well, I I, I well son, I know that you speak really well oh, blah, man. blah blah blah. I'm like, Wow, that's a nice little backhanded compliment, <laughs> sir. Appreciate that. Um <laughs> But they take me. They they take me in. Uh, I'm in the back of a car. But they had to transfer me to where I had I had an unpaid parking ticket in some like suburb where I used to work at. I had forgotten. It was like yeah. forty dollars, and they had to take me to that district. So this cop, or so the other cop at the other district, they took me to a gas station so he can meet me so he could take me in to wherever. And you could tell this cop was, like, annoyed and agitated and really angry with how they treated Mm -hmm. me. Police officer goes on and says, you know what, man, I'm taking these cuffs off of you. You can ride in the front seat. Like, I'm not treating you like a criminal. And the contrast there of, like, somebody that's abusing their authority to somebody that was, like, saw somebody that was... Obviously, traumatized. I mean, I get chills when I talk about today. The contrast, and I I tell that story because I want to express, I want to show the realness there, but I want to show the contrast because there are amazing law enforcement out there that care. There are. I just got to experience it all in one night. (laughs) It's crazy. They take me to the district. They didn't even make me have, they didn't have to post, they didn't even do bail. Um, my ticket got thrown out wow. like, <laughs> but, but I've dealt with that. I'm sorry to take up that. No, I, oh, I, that, no, no, that but, you know, I, I, like I said, that's why this stuff, that's why this stuff is, is tough for me because those situations I've been in, that could be me. Yeah that could have been me i could have been either one of those guys in any of those situations so that's why this resonates with me and that's why i'm tired y'all that's why i'm tired
1: I i really i really appreciate you for opening up about this because i i'm sure you know this but there's you know so many people who don't believe these type of incidents happen like they they, they just don't like i know they they just seem to deny that this happens to, to a lot of black people in this country. Um, And I really appreciate you for opening up and kind of bouncing off of these experiences you've talked about um, and you expressed what you're feeling right now. You know, I, what, what would you have to say to people who would like to go uh, March at a protest in their city? I know Cleveland's probably going to have more this weekend. Like, As people, for people who aren't black, like how should, what do you want to see us do at a march like that? Like, how should we behave? What, how how should we be supporting? And, you know, I'm curious your thoughts on that because that's something that me and my girlfriend, Teresa are curious, are interested in maybe marching this weekend if if that's going on again. Um, I would love to hear your perspective on that.
2: Two words, and they both start with C. Civility and consistency.
3: Be civil.
4: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: don't be outraged. Be angry. Be sympathetic. Um,
2: but be civil.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: We don't. We don't need to throw more gasoline on the fire. Mm-hmm. Be civil. But more so than that, you've got to be consistent. Because, dude, like I said, I've been touched by the outpouring of emotion, of of support, and everything. But you've got to be consistent. If this go, if if we're all outraged, and then week and a half later, month and a half later, five months later, we just forget that this ever happened. We go back to our normal lives because. You know, restaurants are opening up, shops are opening up, sports mm-hmm. are getting back. You know, normal life is, kind of, is trying to come it's slow, but it's trying to come. If, if we forget that this happened, what's the point? Mm-hmm. So, civility and consistency. I, I, I would ask if people would just be consistent. Mm-hmm. in this outrage. Be consistent in in talking about this. Consistent in understanding that this is real. It's not made up. Not a conspiracy theory. It's not a political angle. This is real. Mm-hmm. I don't give a I don't give a damn if you're a Republican, if you're a Democrat, if you're independent, if you're a Whig, if you're a Federalist, if you're Green Party, <laughs> Black, if you're white, if you're Russian, if you're Antarctican, Alaskan, I don't give a damn. Like, it doesn't matter. This is real. Put away your agendas, Mm -hmm. put away your clicks. put away what you thought you knew, and just open your eyes and understand this is real. Once you do that, be consistent about how you treat others, how you talk to others, how you listen to others, and, and, and be consistent that to know that we've got a hell of a lot of work to do. <laughs> it,
1: Rufus, is there any uh, is there any books or movies or documentaries you recommend? Uh, because I know for myself, my transformation, understanding a little bit more of this stuff began when I started reading books outside of school materials and outside of you know, the mainstream thing you're going to see on a, on a movie or something. Heard, I I watched some interesting documentaries, read some books that really opened up my mind. And I would love to learn more, just more about all these topics. Um, yeah. Is there any books or movies or docs that you recommend?
2: There is a doc. Um, there's a doc that I watched my, in, in middle school that our teacher showed us. It's called Eyes on the Prize. Okay um it it was i mean show my age that was the late 80s early 90s <laughs> but um it was called Eyes on the Prize and it talked about it showed you it was a doc on the height of the civil rights movement it it um it touched on uh Martin Luther King's kind of build up to the I have a dream speech it, um, it talked about, uh, it talked about Emmett Till, which mm. some of you, i I you guys probably know about that story. Yeah. Um, it talked, it talked a whole lot about that. Um, it'll, 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 it'll illustrate, hope I don't lose you guys when I go back here. I just, it's really unusually busy by my street, so I've got cars everywhere. Um, but it talks about, um immetil and and all sorts of just the um uh, the civil rights movement um it really goes into that a lot, so I would suggest eyes on the price I would also suggest the book um I know why the cage bird sings by maya angelou okay that Lord have mercy um Whew. that thats that's that talks about her it's kind of autobiographical, but i mean she's a gifted writer to begin with but I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings is a real good one. I'm just giving you stuff that's unvarnished that's that's mm-hmm. going to tell you like it was um, but it's not going to blame, that's not going to do like this to, you know, you awful white folks, Like it's not going to do that but it's going to give you an honest look upon what it really was like um, so there's numerous but those are two that I would really chew on
3: okay
4: you. Thank you.
3: You know, something I was thinking about, you mentioned
5: um you know how how real this is and in, in, in the history of this. And I hear a lot of people say, I can't believe that this is happening. I can't believe that this happened in twenty twenty or this happened again. And I think a really a, a very sad and very sobering realization that it, for a lot of folks that are not black. They're understanding that this has happened forever. It's just now that we all have smartphones, we can record these things far more easily. It's not that this is a new occurrence. It's not, you can't blame video games for more violence or you can't blame a a, a current, not even this current president, any president for, you know, whatever it's, it's that we all have smartphones now and now we're being exposed to it. Um,
2: Dude, you couldn't have said it better. You couldn't have said it better. What's one of the worst "quote unquote, one of the worst inventions to have ever happened is smartphones.
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> but one of the greatest things and exposers of everything culturally that's wrong with America is smartphones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and <sighs> my wife my my wife told me and I've told this to my kids I said, if you ever get pulled over, you need to have your phone out—not your phone out, but you need to hit record on that phone, and you need to just press record, have everything recorded. Got to, dude. Got to. Think about it. This is this stuff. Like you said, this stuff's been happening forever, but nobody gave a crap until we actually saw it for our own eyes. Now we see it for our own eyes. We see a dude get shot. Gunned down in cold blood, and we see, and we see, um, and we see a guy literally can't breathe. Um, I'm going in here because I want to lose you guys Wi-Fi wise. Sorry. No, you're fine. Um, you know, we see a guy, um, we see a guy literally get choked out. <laughs> I mean, what, what are you gonna do? Wait, what are you going <laughs> to do? And if those cell phones weren't out, if that was the video, would, would people believe that it happened? No. Would people... You oh, know, I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
5: Well, I was, I was going to say, I think a prime example of exactly what we're talking about right now is we talk a lot about what we see on on camera, if there's ever a recording. It was not all that long ago that Brianna Taylor was murdered in her own home. Right. And, 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 and again, it's not like a, for me. It, right. Yeah, exactly. It, it, and it's not a, I don't want anyone to get this twisted. It is not a competition about whose name is out there more. But we hear a lot about George Floyd or we hear a lot about Ahmaud Arbery or, you know, there's different names. But why are we not talking about her? Now, there's some added complex layers. Could it be that she's a woman versus a man? You know, I, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole, but I think a, a key part of that is. We didn't see it, and it shouldn't take video footage for people to feel oh. outrage. Yeah.
3: But I think mm-hmm. it's a
5: simple reality: is that if it's in front of your face, you are forced to react to it. And frankly, I think that this another I don't want another point about you know the protesting that could lead to rioting is when I hear people complain about it. It's like I, I want to go back to that. Like I want to. I don't want to be forced to see it. I, I, I want an. I want an easier form of protest for me to be able to ignore because when it's Colin Kaepernick Dude, it, taking 100%. a knee, it's you're disrespecting the flag and I can focus on the flag and I can change the narrative. And it's about that. And it's not about the thing that you're trying to make me think or feel, or 100%. if it's LeBron James talking, wearing a t-shirt or talking at post, uh, you know, post game, shut up and dribble. You're a professional athlete. Go, go play the game. Don't talk about politics. Don't talk about race. You know, it's just, it's it's easier to find things to distract. When you have that footage in your face, you know, there it is, and you force people to feel it.
0: Absolutely,
2: one hundred percent, dude. I, it, you, you, man, you couldn't have, you couldn't have hit that point any better because, oh, one of the things, God,
3: one of the things that.
2: oh lord How do i don't even put this one of the things that just that going back to kaepernick um had many of these discussions with you know so i some of my white friends that you know they wanted to throw the sports down well i mean team was three and thirteen you know, is uh his QBR or whatever. I'm like, dude, stop. Like and I'm I'm making a point but I'm also trying to lighten it a little bit, but stop. You're gonna tell me that Austin Davis deserves to be in the league, but Colin Kaepernick doesn't. Right. You're gonna tell me that <laughs> Jeff Driscoll deserves to be in the league, but Colin Kaepernick doesn't. And yes, I'm gonna go there, their fans. You're gonna tell me that Mason Rudolph <laughs> <laughs> and not Colin Kaepernick.
0: I wish people could see your facial expressions when you said that.
2: Like, hello. he led them to the Super Bowl. I wonder he what Miles
0: a, Garrett thinks about that.
2: Yeah, well, I got you back, Miles. But
0: anyway, yeah, but, all...
2: like, led them to the Super Bowl. Was yeah. a bad pass interference miscall call from winning the freaking Super Bowl? Yep. And you're going to try to sit here and tell me that he's not in the NFL because he sucks. Yep. Yet you're going to tell me guys like, and I like Dan Orlovsky can have a job.
0: (laughs) Who runs out of the back (laughs) of the end zone? Yeah.
2: Yeah, Deshaun (laughs) Kaiser. He went 0 13, and Deshaun Kaiser, of all people, was the Green Bay for two years. He was Aaron Rodgers backup. They gave us Demarius Randall for, for Deshaun Kaiser. Right. They said, hey, if Aaron Rodgers, if you get hurt, guess who's going to start? Deshaun Kaiser. In fact, wait a minute. Didn't we – who, who – when did when – Ky- I forgot. Didn't we play Ky- – I thought we played Green Bay. No, that, no, that wasn't. Was, that that, that, was,
0: that was, uh, was Brett Huntley.
2: Brett Huntley, thank you. But anyway, yeah. my point is, Deshaun Kaiser was Aaron Rodgers' freaking backup. Yeah. He went on 13. Yeah. And you're going to try to tell me – that Colin Kaepernick can't be in the league. Are there some things I don't agree with Colin Kaepernick? I don't agree with thing. I don't. Why? Why throw gas on the fire? Yeah. You know, I don't agree with how he uh, how he glorifies Fidel Kaepernick's absolute bleeping lunacy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I can look past that because he, he peacefully protested. In the way that people wanted us to, people told us, black folks, well, don't be your typical thuggish, rugged self. Yep. Okay, be peaceful then. So we do it. So he yeah. does it. And you wanna throw these guys out the league? Yeah. You wanna tell me stick the football? You wanna tell him to stick the football? Stick the basketball? You wanna say all that stuff? So we do it peacefully in a way that doesn't draw attention. But it's not the way you want. But the reason why, you hit it on the head. They don't wanna see it. They don't want to see it. They don't want to have to confront it. They don't have to confront their prejudice. They don't want to have to confront generations of prejudice, of prejudice. Even if they didn't call somebody an word, whatever, still be prejudice,
0: right. right? Right. I mean, when that when that all was going on, you had owners like Jerry Jones who literally said, "If you don't stand for the national anthem, I'm going to cut you."
5: Right. Or what was it? Um, yeah. believed I I believe it was the, uh, the owner of the Houston Astros. You know. Made a comment about not letting the, the inmates run the prison,
3: yeah.
1: Right. I mean, you know, like,
5: oh, that was, um, uh, that was the Texas, yeah. Um, yeah,
1: it was, he Bob died you know, McNair, or whatever.
5: There yeah. it is, thank you, yeah, yeah. McNair, like, but and, and then, and, and you know, like, and then the NFL and specifically the 49ers had they, they got bold and they released statements about you know recent incidents and I don't know if they did the the blackout like the Tuesday blackout post but they they released a lot some, of teams did a lot of teams did especially the Brown, the and I know did. yeah the browns did and I, but I know that the niners did which I thought was particularly rich um <laughs> con- considering yeah. The, yeah I mean I, the audacity of the NFL period but specifically the the yeah. the niners like that was Damn. a, it's a bold move on their part, and I just yeah, way to go, guys.
1: Or, or how yeah. about how about the team from Washington DC who posted? Uh, oh God! That. Oh God! Right.
2: Get out of here! Yeah, the Redskins. Get Spurs. out of here! Yeah.
1: Get <laughs> out you of here! Like, like, who? who I are, get,
2: are you?
5: I get,
1: I get you a know, You know, Dan. Dan, you you brought, you brought up a really good point too about the Texans, which was which is just laughable because at the time we didn't have a good quarterback. And I remember they're like, oh, we need a quarterback. I'm like, well, there's a great quarterback floating around that nobody seems to want to sign for some yeah. reason. And of course, we have Watson now, and that owner. The, yeah, they've been real quiet and then, since the Sean Watson got. Yeah. I didn't hear what Rufus said. Sorry. Oh, my oh I was
2: just saying, they've been real quiet since the Sean, Mr. McNair, or all of them. Right. Were real quiet. Right. Since Sean Watson came yeah. to save them from.
0: Yeah. Right.
4: You
2: know, Brock yeah.
0: Osweiler, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> All right. Oh, my goodness. I don't know if anybody's gonna save the Texans from uh Bill, o- Bill O'Brien, though. Well, O'Brien, yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. But it's we'll just, see. but
2: yeah, that is rich. It's just like you guys, what? you guys say that Blaine Gabbard's a better alternative than, than right. That just yeah. well. Well, just, say, it, you do, Well,
5: it's just like, there's, there's pick up. You know, we know how many teams there are on the NFL. Like you you you're telling me that he couldn't even be a backup quarterback on a single team in the NFL. You're telling me that there's that many right. quality quarterbacks. I mean, there's there's only a handful of guys on this planet that can do what they do and you're telling me that what you have going on is better is a better option than 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 cap. I I right. it's 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 unbe- it's literally it's laughable. It's unbelievable. And probably
2: saw you know. of Cleveland.
0: That was, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The problem in lays their reasoning for not wanting to have him as a backup because they talked talked about the quote-unquote distraction he would bring with him.
5: Yes, that's always been what there, I've heard. There, they
0: say, therein lies the rub. It, oh,
5: the so. argument that I've heard most is not that he is a garbage quarterback. It's that he is not good enough to justify what people would call the baggage or yeah. the distraction, Yeah, which right. is – Uh, And now they, and now they,
0: and now they say, well, he's been out of the league for so long. Well, whose fault is that? Right.
5: Right. (laughs) Yeah. But you know, it, it leads to another point though, because I think that I like, like I think all of us have seen a lot more of the social media response uh, in, in this particular instance, this past week, I've seen more about this than I, than I think I ever have. And we're seeing athletes that typically don't weigh in on anything controversial, anything political. I mean, even Tom Brady even released a statement and Tom Brady does not do anything and let is, unless it is meticulously calculated tb 12 brand, like at all uh, JJ watt does not typically go down the road of, of talking politics or anything off outside of football. I mean, we're seeing prominent white athletes, which I think is, I think is progress because in, in, Rufus, you, you mentioned it earlier, and it goes back to that that Ben Franklin quote. You know, justice cannot be achieved until those who are not directly affected are just as outraged as those who are.
0: Hey, the, um, Michael and, Michael Jordan put out a statement.
5: Right. Yeah. right? You know who who, the man is anybody... who
0: infamously said Republicans buy shoes too. <laughs>
5: yeah, I mean, it, but it's I mean to move. It's not he, 91. He's been very yeah, firm right. on. Him. Dance. and he yeah for him to move off of his you know relatively apolitical stances is, that is telling and you know my hope is is i want to second what rufus said is that this doesn't just go away in a week or a month or or whatever it's i think we all have to keep the same energy with regards to this is how folks live just because we don't have a video in our face of somebody being shot or choked to death, doesn't mean that folks don't face you know the the various forms of microaggressions and the and the the less dramatic uh, forms of prejudice. You know, it doesn't take the N word or a murder for somebody to feel racially profiled or prejudiced or you know or against. Um, and I, I my my sincere hope is that we, as a collective, you know culture, both, you know, here in Northeast Ohio and a, as, as a country, we keep that that momentum rolling towards justice. And, you know, I, I, I don't know if any of you saw, but in Minneapolis, they're working on some legislation right now um, with regards to, you know, like we're seeing, I guess we're starting to see some possible change, some legislation being introduced. I know that the chief of police in Louisville uh, I believe Louisville was let yeah, go after I, I, I feel terrible because I'm, I'm blanking on his name, but there was a, a man who was shot. Um, uh, and, and the body cam footage doesn't exist. I don't know if they taped over their cameras or turned them off or the, there was an alleged malfunction, but the chief the chief of police has already been let go. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I'm glad that there's accountability in that regard, but it, I keep going back to why do people have to die for any semblance of accountability to be had? It's, it's, why, it's absolutely why why absurd. Why it's not?
0: It's, yeah, and it's not, only, it's not only why do people have to die, it's uh, you know, why do we have to only have video evidence of it happening for something to change?
5: 100%.
2: Exactly. I'll, actually, to tag on that, my wife just sh- or my wife showed me before, actually before I was about to jump on the... Um, I, I think I'm going to get this right. I, uh, I, either the state of Minnesota or the city of Minneapolis is bringing up a lawsuit against the Minneapolis police department. Um, that just broke like a few hours ago. Mm-hmm. Think, about, think about this. Like you and you guys remember this. I mean, it's, this is all sports related. So we might as well do it all tied in. Yeah. Um, you remember this when, um, Oh gosh. Well, not too long ago, I mean not a lot of us watch the WNBA, not really like it, but just, you know, it's down our radar. But
0: hey, I used to watch the Rockers.
2: Oh, me too. Ooh, so dude, ma- major good. rocker head. Um That's what they were called. Susie, I forgot her name. <laughs> anyway. Um Yeah. But um they um remember the Minnesota Lynx did um I forgot what I mean there's numerous of Brutality killings that have happened, but they wrote, yeah. they wore the "I Can't Breathe" shirts, mm-hmm. and then oh. the, the but and then the police department was upset about that, and they put in, they did a statement saying like, "We're upset that that, that you know blah, blah, blah. maybe we with these folks or maybe we shouldn't work to protect and whatever." Here's interesting. Now you look at how the turntable. You've got. The city or the state—I have to look this up. I can't remember, but city or state is bring up a lawsuit against the police department. Not that guy.
3: The police department, and then you've
2: got Minnesota, the University of Minnesota. They said we ain't contracting with you guys no more. Timberwolves, not contracting with you guys. The
0: school district,
2: you know, all of these Minnesota. Yeah, all of these guys or all of these teams are like, we done. And normally you would say, none of these teams can be just, like we've said, we have to see stuff on. None of us have knee-jerk reactions to something as uncomfortable right. as it. We have to see it on video before we, oh, now we're going to be upset. Right. No, we, we have to see right. proof. Now we're, all of these guys are cutting ties with that police department. It tells me one thing. This has been an issue for a long time yeah. with these dudes. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah,
2: that is the only way. This has been an issue with these dudes for a long time. They have probably got so much stuff under the rug. They've probably won more, been worn so many times. Yeah. This has probably been a serious generational mm-hmm. issue in that city for this to happen. For that many, for that many teams to say, "Nah, we done with you. Bye." Yeah, like we're gonna get some rent-a-cops or somebody. Like <laughs> yeah. get y'all. For that to happen that quickly, that drastically, yeah. some something's going on yeah. here. And I'm glad you, I'm glad you touched on the um the different teams and different, uh, you know, Tom Brady and uh, guys like that that normally talk talk about this stuff. I mean, dude, there's there's people in Major League Baseball talking. About this. Now look, right, Major League Baseball don't talk about right. nothing. <laughs> let's just call let's just call spade spade, yeah. like. Adam Jones had a freaking banana peel thrown at him in mm, Boston. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like, you yeah. ain't heard nothing about that. Yeah, they swept that. Ain't nobody doing in baseball. We can't mess with the forty to seventy year old white boomer.
0: Mm-hmm. Can't
2: do that mm-hmm. because they'll remind you that they pay your bills. Yeah, so you can't do that. <laughs> None of those guys say nothing. Right. Yet you're seeing all of these guys in baseball speak up. I don't think it's because they're trying to be part of the crowd. Inc- I think they're just like, F you. I don't care if you don't like it as an organization. I'm yep. talking. I'm sick of it. I'm talking. I think what? that was Brady. I think Brady was like, I'm talking. I think JJ Watt was like, dude, I'm talking. Mm-hmm. I you know, I think all these guys have been just like, This is this is stupid. <laughs> like I have teammates that could have been that guy. Like I'm talking. I'm yeah. talking, whether you like it or not, I'm talking. Then again, you're talking unless you're to, unless you're James Dolan and New York Knicks, but oh. <laughs> wow. yeah, rough. Oh my
0: gosh! When was the last time that that guy or that organization did something good? Couldn't tell you. And I'm not even talking on the court. I mean, we all know how much of a dumpster fire that is. But <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. man! I mean, yeah, I'm well, trying
2: to think. I'm still not. About yeah.
0: Right. I mean you're going back what? to yeah, you're going back to probably it it probably hasn't happened since he's owned the team. I don't know how long he's owned that team, but yeah, I don't he
2: drafted know. Patrick Ewing. But
0: yeah. <laughs> right. But, yeah. but
5: seriously yeah. did you see that statement? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, know. that internal memo you're talking about. Yeah, and it wasn't even it wasn't even, it
0: wasn't even it wasn't even meant to get out. You and some dude.
5: employee was,
0: was met was some employee was like this is messed up and and fed it to the media rightly so
2: are you kidding me like what are you first off let's just talk forget the i don't know moral side of it let's just talk the business in like dude you are (laughs) like you have officially made yourself radioactive i mean you were before like lebron's turned you down twice katie's turned you down (laughs) twice Kyrie's turned you down twice like everybody's turned you down like, by the end of this, they're going to ask us five to be the starting five for
5: the next. <laughs> like, seriously. Hell, yeah. And, and even and I might so turn them down.
2: Yeah. They're radioactive. <laughs> like, no, like, what black player wants to play for them? That's oh, trash. God. Like, your God. owner's not even going to stand up for you. Like, who wants to play for you? And yeah. then just the arrogance the yeah. of that statement. Like, I don't feel like it's in our place. It's in your place to bar Spike Lee. And the bar at Charles Oakley and all those guys. Is your place to do yeah. that? To protect the and, brand? Oh, Is your yeah. place to talk? Like, get the freak out of here.
5: I understand yeah. that sports are businesses. We're talking about multi billion dollar industries. But for a very long time, sports in this country have been major movers of culture and societal change. Very much. You know, we just, again, we just got done with the, you know, the Jordan 10 part, you know, the. The last dance. Yep. Think about the cultural impact of the Jordan brand of him doing those Gatorade commercials. Think about you know wanting to be like Mike, or think about you know look at baseball with you know um, Jackie Robinson and Larry Doby, you know breaking the color barrier. Yep. And, and sports are so ingrained in our culture. You, I've heard various athletes have said this in the some form of, I'm an I'm I, this is my job. I, I'm not. Uh, a hero, I'm not a role model. I know James Harrison has said this in the past, you know, formerly of the Steelers. I, many athletes have said versions of this. Like, I'm not a hero, I'm not a role model, I'm oh, an athlete, Barclay. it's my job. I remember Barkley, Bar- Char- yeah, you're right. And, and I think, you know, you're not technically wrong, but damn, what a missed opportunity to stand yeah. up for something and impact change for the better. You don't have to, you're right. But why don't you want to? And I've even seen, you know, you mentioned baseball players are even talking about this. I follow... um If anybody's wrestling fans, I follow Edge from WWE on Instagram. I know, I know. Yeah, I knew knew Dan was for sure. But, like, I'm even seeing guys in the WWE world, typically an audience that you would not. I I can't imagine that. And I don't want to be unfairly stereotyping various audiences, but I think we have to be a little bit practical and and realistic. Like, Like, you know, we talked about baseball players don't typically speak out on all these things. Wrestlers don't typically speak out on a lot of these things, you know. NASCAR is another area. Yeah, there's no form of reality yeah. there, right. Really. right? And so, you know, I think I, it has been encouraging that I'm seeing people, not just within my social circle, but athletes uh, across a multitude of sports, are starting to say things. And uh, it, it's again to go off of the. Um, you know, stereotypes and, and not pigeonholing folks. I think a lot of people associate racism and prejudice with the South and roof. I don't know if you knew this roof. I I lived in Kentucky for a couple of years myself. Um, but we're talking, look at what we're talking about. We're talking about Minneapolis. Like we're talking about, um, well. we're talking about, you know, Boston also has a, a problem with a lot of these things, well. New York city. I mean, it's not just like, it's not always. LA. It's not. It's not always Bama. It's not always Mississippi. Sure, these things happen there too. But to to unfairly paint it as oh the South is being the South again is completely uh, off base because as we have seen, this stuff's happening all over the country. Um, Everywhere. Yeah, really. And
1: and, and, yeah. and to jump on that, Ryan, real quick. Like I think as Clevelanders, like we've had some of the most egregious yes. shootings in the city. I mean. Uh, The Tamir Rice thing, as much as I said I do know people that still defend the cops, I also know a ton of people who that's kind of what broke them. Like I remember my parents did a great job, I I would say, in raising us with a healthy understanding of what race and and these things are. I think they did a good job overall. Um, But they've always been a little sometimes to be like, oh, on the cop side with a lot of this stuff, whatever. I'm not here to talk trash. That's just kind of the way they've been. And I remember we heard about the shooting at first and we were like, okay, well, my dad says, like we need to know more details. Like, I don't know what, and months go by or weeks. And then the videos is released. And I remember we watched the video and just total silence from my parents. And I just remember my, my dad or mom said something like, well, that's not right. And it's like again, it goes back to that situation where you have to see that video. I wish it didn't have to be that way, but, yeah. but you know that 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 just the, the impact of that shooting and that happened in this city, that happened here, yeah. and there's been sure. other, you know. And this is supposed, you know, if and I love Cleveland; and it's a great city. But I think we need, and we do have to be honest with ourselves that there are so many problems as with any city. But there are a lot of problems in this city. And we do have a wonderful amount of small business owners who speak and stand up for these causes and and whatnot. Don't get me wrong, but it's yeah. deeper than just if the local brewery or coffee shop, oh, they're on our side. It's deeper than that. Yeah. It's a lot deeper than that. There was a whole podcast done investigating the judicial problems that Cleveland has. I believe it was through cereal. I mean, mm-hmm. like... The, if, you, if you've heard that podcast, it's mind-boggling. Yeah. Like, well, this, this is England, And not to mention the fact that,
5: you know, if we're looking specifically at that case, you know, Ohio, Ohio being open carry. Right. Another right. layer to this is how many times I'm sure we've all seen the videos in Michigan, in Ohio, there have been yeah. armed, uh, like literally within the past couple of weeks, armed protests of state houses regarding, I want to get a haircut. I don't want to wear a mask in Costco like we're talking. And guess what? Those populations overwhelmingly, if not exclusively white. Yeah. So, you know, when we end up talking, you know, I hear a lot of folks talk about how racism is in the past or I don't see color. I, I don't want people to not see color. I want people to see color and celebrate, you know, diversity and culture and not let it stop. You know society from functioning as it ought to. Um, you know, like I, there was a video of of a guy. Oh, it was a white guy. He looked all tactical. He had the vest. He had
4: yeah, an, an right.
5: automatic weapon. It, this was in Illinois, not an open carry state, mind you. Interacting with police officers and walked away scot free, like he owned the place. And so it's just the the hypocrisy. You know the the the, the double standards. I mean, this, this shit is endless. And, you know, I, yeah, you know, I, I man, I
2: uh, I'd almost
5: forgotten about. Yeah.
2: That.
5: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry to bring it back up, but I mean, it's just no,
2: it's it's no, it's needs to be brought up and needs to be said by somebody that doesn't look like me Um, when <sighs> God, I hate going like on. Quote, unquote, political but This isn't political. It Gosh. is. This is life. Uh-huh. This is life. And I forgot that. Dude, to answer your question going way back yeah. about why guys loot, why, why there's looting, why, why they do that, you know what those kids see? They see those guys bulletproof vests, AK-47s, screaming, yelling, Cursing at the same blue lives matter that you put up on Facebook, that you put up on Twitter. Those, you know, those same clowns put up that blue, stuff. You know, those clowns did that, yeah. And all of a sudden, you can't go to freaking Applebee's, and it's just like now, we now the whole world's lost their minds. Those guys have AK 47s, those guys have bulletproof vests, those guys are strapping. And they're not not doing that because they feel like their safety is. Right. They're they're not harmed. First off, you're a white dude in Michigan. Freak out of here. You ain't in trouble. Right. Second off, second off, you're doing that because you're trying to show off I ain't going to go there. Family
4: show. You're trying to compensate. You're trying to
2: make yourself look good. You're trying to make yourself look tough. That's what you're doing. It's for intimidation. And yet... And yet, folks like me, I can get my need, I can get somebody to suffocate me and I don't have to be armed. You
4: know, if that,
2: you know if that I mean? Doesn't, if, that doesn't, if that doesn't piss people off and make people sick, I don't know what will. I don't, guys, I don't know what will. Because you know, it, it's just, you, you, you see that. And then you see, and I hate saying this, can't avoid it. When I see the leader of this nation, when, look. I'm, I'll just let me preface with this: everybody that's listening, I ain't trying to piss y'all off, but if you do, tough cookies. But
0: we don't but care. I ain't
2: got no, I ain't got no dog in this fight. When it comes to this, elect. I ain't got a dog in the fight, like, bro, like, I, like, I'm, I'm about, I'm pretty moderate. I ain't got no dog in this fight. I, I like, I've got a seven year old closet prejudice. I've got a seven year old out there Twitter using prejudice, and I've got another guy that. That ideals don't mesh with. Like they're all seventy-year-old white dudes. Like, what the hell is in it for me? Right. To be honest. <laughs>
3: like, like right, there's yeah, nothing, that's
2: real. There's nothing, and so I don't have a dog in that fight. So I'm not. I'm not trying to. I'm, I'm not. I'm not seeing right. it like it is from somebody that doesn't care about those sides. And when I see, when I see the leader of the nation, that's supposed to to lead. that's supposed to step. they supposed to step forward. that's supposed to. Set the example. That's what I've always been told as a kid growing up. That's that's what the example is. That's the standard. When I see that, and it's just like... uh Uh-oh. You guys still there?
3: Yeah, we're here. Okay. Can you hear
4: us?
2: There we go. Okay. Well, whatever. I can't see you guys. That's all right. (laughs) When I see see that happen, and I... I,
0: Oh, uh -oh. hold on. Yeah, you broke up, Rufus.
2: Those angry just have to be listened to. There. And then when I see the flip side of it, and it's like, those thugs will pay, the yeah. same guy's saying that. And it's just mm-hmm. like, dude, like, some of these people are peacefully protesting, and you're lumping them in. Mm-hmm. And yet, these dudes can have AK-47s and mm-hmm. AR-15s. Yep. You wonder why I retired. That's why I retired. That's why right. I retired. Well, how, thug- well
0: how, about the, how about the fact that uh they shoot tear gas and rubber bullets at uh peaceful protesters just so they can get a picture of him walking on the sidewalk. Crazy. That's
5: insane <laughs> to, a, to me. That's to a church that he doesn't insane. go to. Yeah. 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 It's insane
2: to me. Nope. It's I, right. man, I can only see myself on a camera, but that's all right, whatever. Yeah, we got you. Yeah, we oh go. there it is. Now I got you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um but yeah, that's that's insane to me. The double standard, like yeah. you were talking about the double standard, it, it's there and it, it's sad to me. It, it it hurts. It hurts me. It hurts me because I feel like I, I feel like as a black guy, I can't nothing can't do nothing. What am I gonna do?
5: I can't do nothing. What? I can't. I, I, that you said something earlier. So when you were speaking about your your situation, when you were being cuffed and you were trying to you know get your wife to to calm down a little bit because you were talking about how you felt like you could have been the next one, right? You could have been you could have been the next hashtag. That's, that, that's, that hit me like a bus because if you're in that situation, you had to be in a horrifyingly scary, traumatizing experience. You had to be on your A game. You had to be the best of the best. Whereas anybody – it could have been me as a white guy. I could have been cussing. I could have been saying a bunch of mess. I could have been on my worst behavior. And we know damn well how those situations would have played out. Like I'd have been fine.
1: The a perfect, a perfect example is, I mean, Dylan Roof, uh, a a a guy who t- told the world he's a white supremacist shoots up a church in a mass shooting incident, uh, a a predominantly black church. Yeah, 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 and 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 they give him a bulletproof vest, and they, it's like, what is going? On? And what they a- get him
0: freaking Burger King. Yeah, like because he said he, he was hungry.
1: What's going on here?
2: But it's it's there, it's there for everybody to see. Yeah. And and like I said, I I, I, I appreciate all appreciate you guys letting me be wrong. I hope I'm not like polarizing people that no. are listening or any of that no. stuff. But it's just, no, and if that's
1: if that's what's happening, that does it's too but, bad. Yeah. But we this need, is this, needs this to is out.
0: too real to but to worry is, about people's feelings.
1: Right. And this 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 is what I've lived. This is my experience.
2: I'm not and I'm not lying. people wanna people wanna check me and call my wife about it, they're more than welcome to tweet her and Get get validation or well, well tweet my nieces are, and ask them what happened that night because they remember. Like yeah. I, they like, this isn't me. I'm not making up stories. Mm-hmm, right. I'm, you know, I'm not juicy Smollett. I'm not. That's not me. I'm not, <laughs> this is real. This is this is <laughs> right. real. For those that don't want to believe this, this stuff happened to me. And here, and yeah. you want to know why I was on? There's a few reasons for that. One, I've been taught to be that. My dad. Uh, Jeez, Louise! I'm gonna get emotional. Thing about this, my dad. My dad. When I was, um, when I was starting to learn how to drive, my dad. The first lessons he told me was how to be around police. And I'm just like, why do I? Why do I have to know this? Like, why do I need to know how? To, like, I'm not gonna. Like, why are you telling me this? Like, I'm like, you know, going bunny and Clyde on somebody. Like, I'm not. Like, I. He's like, no, son. It's not about that. It's not about that. You have to be a certain. You have to be as a black man, or as a young black kid. You have to be a certain. But you have to. He's like you. I know this is hard for you to understand now. I know you don't understand this conversation, but one day you're gonna understand why I taught this. I wish he was wrong. I wish he was wrong. I wish he was wrong, but he's right. You know, like I knew that in that moment. One. I had to keep them guys and his backup calm, or something was going to happen to me. Two, I had to keep my wife calm because if she does something and then they cuff her, then all hell's breaking. Like I, I, I just I knew in that situation, I had to, and it's I, it doesn't mean that I'm I'm great. Doesn't mean that I and I appreciate the A game compliment, but at the same time, it's it, it doesn't mean that it's just because this is what I. And the sad thing is. It's what I, And the sad thing is, it's what I'm going to have to teach my kids. I'm going to have to teach my son that in a few years. He's 12. I'm going to have to teach him that. Yeah. I'm going to teach him the same thing. Yeah. I don't want to teach him this, but I got to. It's yeah. reality. I got to. I got to. You know, I, I have to. And I've seen it. I, you know, I, dude, I got. Dan, Dan you know this from 707. Dude, I, I. One time I got pulled over on the freeway, just I was going to speed and I was on my way home from 707. I got pulled over and had my violin in the back, and dude thought it was a Tommy gun and went to search it. And I was just like, like, dude, first off, if that was a gun, it's all the way in the back seat. By the time I get out of my seatbelt to reach for that, you would already pop me in the head by now. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So it's just.
0: I well, this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I just, I'll just—I just, mean, just to just to go off of what you said about how, um, you know, the things that that your dad uh, told you about when you were starting to drive. I mean, this is like for me how how you know I'm saying like how ignorant I am about all this stuff is like when I learned to drive, the only thing that my parents right. told me was just just be nice to the cops and you'll be fine. And that's literally all that's ever happened to me. Anytime I've gotten pulled over for a speed ticket or if I forgot to put my headlights on, you know, I've gotten pulled over and, and I just look up and I said, is there a problem, officer? He tells me or, you know, if I was speeding, gives me a ticket and I'm on my way. I don't have to deal with that.
2: But, and, and, and you know, I understand that. Here's the thing, though. I don't want you guys... I know you're trying to, I don't know, you know, purpose of this education and all that stuff. Here's the thing, and I do want to address this side of things. I don't want you guys to feel like you've got to feel guilty about not having to have Oh,
0: mm-hmm. sure. Right, right, right. And, then, mm-hmm. and
2: the thing, and I say that, and I say that, I, it sounds strange to say that, but yeah. I mean that when I say that, because there are some people. That take it to the point where it's just like, my gosh, I'm this white person. doesn't have to experience it. Man, I suck. Man, this white people suck. No, it's not that. And I don't want that. I don't want y'all thinking that. My God, I have a white wife. I don't want that. Right. You know, like, I don't don't want that. I don't want my (laughs) wife to feel guilty about her existence, about who she is, about her, about you know about her race i don't want that you know i don't want you to have to feel like man well i didn't have to deal with that god you don't suck right but i I think
0: i think my like my major point was just like i'm i'm understanding more and more just how real it is Mm -hmm. rather than just like oh i oh i see it i see it happen on the news like you know once once every couple months or whatever you, right, right, and that yeah.
2: Understand, that yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But but I, I appreciate I appreciate you saying that though.
2: No, I and I and yeah, because I don't because then because if 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 more if more white people feel that way, all that does is add to the apathy. Right. I mean, there's outrage, but then there's apathy. It's just like, man, I, you know, I suck as a white person. Right. I and then what happens is. When you start thinking that over and over, it's like, well, I have nothing to the table. So why even say something? Because I just, you know, yeah. and that's not true. Right. So that's why I tell people like, dude, be outraged, be mad, be PO. Don't hate the fact that you're white. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> uh,
2: don't, hate, don't hate that. Because because if you, if you hate the fact that you're white, you will feel like you have nothing to bring to the table. And that couldn't be further from the truth. You have something to bring. To the table you know who you are you have something to bring to the table if more people like you show that you're po'd right then people are gonna know holy crap this is a problem
0: yeah yeah and it just and it just goes back to to like like what you said earlier and was one of the most powerful things that hit me was um just how much when you see these things happen just how alone that you feel yeah and I think that's the thing that struck me the most was just like, man. Like, you know, it's just something that I never thought about.
2: I, I did. I don't I don't feel as alone now, but I did. I did. I did. Um, I don't now because, like I said, people really stepped up their game and it's seen and it's noticed. And it's appreciated. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's easy to feel that way. It, it is yeah. because... You know, if, if you've got video you. footage and people don't believe you, well, you know, what, what else can you do?
4: Right.
1: right. Yeah, Rufus, we really appreciate you being on. Uh, we really enjoyed when you were on before, uh, especially as a person who's so diehard about Cleveland sports and stuff. So we this is a much more serious conversation, and, and I really appreciate you being open. Uh, and honestly, educating us and, and our listeners, hopefully – Uh, about what's going on right now like this is more than just oh some people are mad and this is a lot deeper than that you know this this is hopefully the start of change and a revolution to address things that have been going on since people first stepped foot on this this continent really and um I appreciate you. Is there is there anything else you need to address? You feel like we need to talk about whether it's upcoming protests and what, what could be done? Um, or is there anything else because, you know, we'd love to hear it if, if I don't want to, you know, skip out on anything you, you would like to talk about.
2: One thing and and we're probably coming we're up against it, but one thing. I know we we've touched on a lot of crap. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of BS. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of stuff, but I want to, I want to leave with this. Um, I want to leave with the flip side of what happens when you're willing to listen. And I want to leave you with the flip side of not only happens when you're willing to listen, but that anybody can change. Um, i talked about this a little bit. Uh, so Daniel, you probably real familiar with it, but, um, when me and my wife started dating 15 years ago. Um, And I can tell this story because the permission to. We started dating. um, Her side of the family, for the most part, loving it, cool with it, no big deal, okay with it. There's one person that wasn't, and it was her granddad. And her granddad um, was super precious. Not just black folks, but like anybody else that wasn't white. Thing is, um, he was super prejudiced because of like, his dad. His dad was in the KK. So we're talking like, deep-rooted, seated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was. Um, there was a guy in the family. Um, there was a guy there was, you know, Asian descent. And he didn't like that. But when she found when he found out that she was she was dating me, um, you know. I'm not gonna put in. I'm not gonna get too illustrated, but well, I guess I can. He was just like, you brought this person there, and you brought this person here. Then now you had to bring in this monkey to the picture, mm. and so she told me about that. And of course, in my young, you know, vivacious stage of life, I was just like, all right, well, fine screw him, piss off. Like, that was my initial thought. But then I was like, hold up. Hold up. Like, I had to remember a few things. My wife didn't have the easiest life I'm not going to get into all that. But she had a tough time. But her granddad was a huge intro of getting her through some really tough times. He loved she was his favorite. Um, much to the chagrin of a few people, but she was his so i thought about like oh my gosh this man has taken my wife has just i probably wouldn't have been able to marry this amazing if it wasn't for him honestly the things that he did for her and so i'm just like in on one hand i'm ticked off but the other hand i'm just like nah this is a good dude <laughs> it's somewhere it's gotta be somewhere so, me, of a guy that's not afraid of confrontation and not afraid of awkwardness, there's a get-together that they have every day at Christmas, and I go over to their house, and I take the opportunity, and I plop my seat right next to him. I sit right smack that next to him, and I introduce myself. You should have seen the whole room, the whole room, there's, like, all, follow, like, follow me, like. Yeah, Slowly with their eyes, like, what is this dude doing? I sat down there and I plopped right there next to him. And I <sighs> he kind of seemed like taken aback, but you know, he was talking. And I found out he had a common interest, loves baseball, loves the Indians. So, you know, a little bit of chit chat, but he was kind of not sure of me. But I was just like, dude, I'm gonna love this dude. I'm gonna find, I'm gonna find a way to win this dude off. I never yeah. do that. But for some reason, but my wife is worth it. So I said, "Okay," well, my girlfriend at the time. But and, then, and so um, throughout a little bit of time, he kind of warms up to me. But then when we get engaged and then we're getting married, he's like, "I'm not." I can't, speak. and my wife, being the really um, spitfire that she is, was just. But then he decides to come, and we invite him. So what do we do? She comes up with this crazy idea to sit him at a table (laughs) with my granddad. (laughs) My
0: granddad
2: obviously was on the flip side of everything (laughs) that went on. Now, mind you, my granddad was in Columbus. Black men to own this business in Columbus. He's dealt with it, but he was gracious. He loved my God rest his soul. Uh, he loved my wife. And she decided to sit them at the same table. And she's like, we should do this. And I'm like, dear God, what you you do? So, fast forward to the wedding reception. I'm kind of, you know, we are enjoying the wedding reception, but I kind of kept one eye on the granddad. <laughs> and he and my granddad we're chopping it up. Just, just talking. Just talking. Just talking.
3: it. Hours. Just talking to each other. I'll never forget this as long as I live. So me and my wife were about to leave the wedding reception. And he walks up to me, and he says, he extends his hand out. He says, Rufus, I have to tell you right now. I apologize for everything. Apologize for how I've treated you. I apologize how
2: I've always thought of black folks. This man's been a racist for 86 years. Hmm. 86 years Hmm. of racism. Prejudice. Of hate. Gone.
3: That's amazing.
2: Gone. Why? Because he talked to my granddad who was on the other side of the lines. Those two were BFFs. Until they both passed um, <laughs> a few years later. They're like BFFs. My, my granddad would be like, hey, how's. Yeah. You know, her granddad would be like, hey, how's. Down there, you know? They're BFFs until they passed. Think about that. 86 years gone. Why? Because a man that had been prejudiced and racist for 86 years decided to
3: finally listen. To finally listen for himself.
2: So what you guys are doing, I cannot express to you this how important this is. How it changes. And if an 86-year-old man who had a dad in the KKK, was super
3: racist,
4: can change,
2: because I feel right. I don't want to share this stuff with my kids. I don't want to talk to my kids. Stuff, I don't push it on anybody. I feel hopeless at times. I'm tired. But then I remember an 86 year old man who, stopped because he took the time to listen. If he can do that, why can't anybody? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that to be kumbaya. I'm not saying that to be a hippie or any of that stuff. I'm saying that to be reality. It's all this. Show. This is also yeah. reality. Yeah there's the ugly side of racism there's prejudice but there's also the, the side that can disappear if people are willing to listen
0: yeah. and it also takes somebody making that so, first step okay. which you did
2: yeah saying, and that's what my granddad did. yeah and yeah i did T, but i you know but I, yeah, my but granddad's yeah, awesome. yeah
0: yeah yeah but no that, that that's it's so, that's, that's that's an incredible incredible story
2: Yeah, so that's kind of how I wanted to I don't wanna yeah. be all doom and gloom mm-hmm. each other. And if we do do that, we can do something. But if we don't listen to each other this will happen in another month.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well that's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. Honestly. Yeah.
5: On yeah, and I on that note, I wanna just take a moment to thank you for just opening your heart and soul all the way up, man. You've shared some intensely personal stories and, um, uh, I, I feel sad and angry and outraged and tired about this whole thing. I cannot even imagine how how you're feeling. And so just from the bottom of my heart, I wanted to thank you for, for taking the time and spending the emotional energy and and, and doing that emotional labor to to have these conversations, because I, I think it's, it's immensely powerful, and and it's my sincere hope that you know this ends up helping some folks, you know, really, really turn that corner, just like, uh, just like that, you know, you know, granddad did. You know, that's hmm. fantastic. So thank you again, seriously.
0: Yeah,
5: oh, Rob, I appreciate you
2: guys having me. Like I said, if he can, then he-
0: absolutely.
2: So,
0: uh, yeah. So, um, I mean, I think that's pretty much gonna do it for us tonight. Um, Rufus, where can people find you on social media?
2: Um, I'm on Twitter at uh, Rufus Jones IV. Super creative. R U F U S J O N E S, all one word. I'm gonna give back on Twitter. I just, I'm not. I didn't deactivate my Twitter. Right. I to just like talk sports with people. Right, right, right. And that's like what I like to do. Talk sports with my friends, and I had to. Right, affecting. Me. But I'm gonna get back on it because I feel up now. But you find me there on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, same thing, Rufus Jones IB on Instagram. Um, I post about sports. I post about my kids. I post about God. I post about. That's about it. Mostly sports and kids, because all the other stuff is in- waste. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's how you can find me.
0: Well, again, we appreciate it. Uh, yeah, you can um, join in on the discussion. Um, we encourage people to react to this episode. Uh, send us a tweet. Send us a DM if you're not comfortable uh, putting stuff out there in public. Um, we definitely want to keep this discussion going for sure. Um, and hopefully, you know, in our little realm that we've kind of created affects um, some sort of change somehow. So, yeah. Um, Yeah, that's going to do it for us. So for uh, Rufus, Ryan, Jordan, Jimmy, I'm Dan. You've been listening to Living Off the Land, episode 111, and uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Be safe, be well, and uh, see you later.